Oh, inflation is such a drag. Hey, it's Financial Life Planning. I'm Matt Robeson with my co-host, Mike Morton of Morton Financial Advice. Mike, do you feel like inflation's a drag? <laughs> yeah, it's a serious, it's a serious drag. It's a drag. Uh, <laughs> Who uses that expression anymore? It's like, when were you born? I know when you were born, but like <laughs> here from the 70s, things are a drag. It's not yeah. groovy. It's a drag. Wait, so, do you, wait, do you have a problem with the way I titled this episode? Is it, should that be the title? We'll have to figure it out no, by the end. Maybe no, it's not no, the no. title. No. Can I explain what my problem is? My problem <laughs> oh, is, look, there's no, there's a, it's a very short thought train. It's, I have a problem. That this is an expression that comes from the 70s. I come from the 70s. I have a problem with how freaking old I am, man. <laughs> That's right. I don't like to be reminded. So thanks for rubbing my face in that. That's no great. problem. Now I have to face my fears of, of aging and death. By the way, a recent show... Uh, on your life doesn't matter. It was, right. it was really great. It just came out. Um, you're really you're you're really pounding oh, man. my face in the dirt these days. Yep, I'm just trying to keep you on your toes, Matt. <laughs> well, actually, today's show is more much more of a good news situation, I think, for all of our listeners than uh, we're we're laying it out to be here. Because what you want to talk about is a good problem to have, which is, hey, uh, maybe I have too much cash in the bank. And when you've got relatively high inflation, that's not such a good thing. That's a good problem, right? Yeah. Yeah. I run across this all the time, Matt. I know we've had some episodes. I was looking them up. They were quite a while ago. So I figured we'd touch on it again because this comes up with so many of my clients, which is, it's a great problem. And it's one of the reasons they're coming to me. It's like to get organized and realizing like, oh, I've kind of built up some cash. Like I didn't have a plan for where to put my excess savings. And now I've got 50,000, 100,000 of extra cash in the bank. And so let's come up with a better plan, how to use this and how I should be using it. So I thought it'd be a really good topic to just hit on how to think about, you know, if you're in that situation of, of having some great excess savings and you want to really come up with a plan. Hey, wait a sec, what should I be doing with this? Reminds me of when I was going to an advisor with my problem, which is that I'm too suave, attractive, and muscular. And, you know, he was really able to help walk me through that set of problems. So I'm glad you can be there for your clients who are just like, who are faced with this problem. No, this is good. I, and honestly, I this is... It sounds like, oh, good problem to have. But actually, this is the kind of thing that can happen to a lot of people. You may not be like overflowing in wads of cash to actually be in a situation where inflation is up and you still have too much money in cash in the bank, right? Yeah. And there's a couple of things to be thinking about. We're talking about inflation. And the reason we're bringing that up is because even though it's great, I've been telling clients, oh, it's so nice. We're finally getting interest. Do you remember like you might actually have to pay some taxes on your interest this year because you know your bank account is actually earning you some money for the first time. So that's great. You can get up four or five percent. We've mentioned that you should be doing that. But the downside is you're still losing buying power because inflation's six, seven, eight, nine percent. So even though you're making more money, your bank account is growing. Uh, your buying power when you turn around and try to uh, buy a, buy a pack of gum or buy a car, uh, you'll be shocked at the at the current prices. You know now and a year from now. So, I, I, you know, as we record this, inflation has been coming down. Wages have actually been getting out ahead finally of uh, of of price gains, and the the pressure is easing a little bit. But like, how can you tell if maybe you're in this situation where I'm just keeping a little bit too much in cash, and it, it feels like, hey, you know, I'm earning some interest, but maybe I'm still falling behind. Yeah, yeah. So if you 
it's an easy one. Everybody knows if you've got too much, if there's if there's more than you need, what I call working capital, like you have your direct deposit coming into your checking account and then you're paying your credit cards from there and your other bills from there. And if that balance, you typically, everybody's got a number in their head. I kept, typically keep that around 5,000 or 10,000 or 30,000, whatever is comfortable for you. But if it's growing above that, that when you, that's when you're like, well, it's great, got some extra money, but yeah, it's growing. I usually keep it at 20,000 and now it's every month is kind of at 40,000. So you got some extras there. So that's what, you know, and so what do you end up doing with that? Okay. And I'm going to give you the bottom line up front. Okay. And then I'm going to tell you a couple of stories and how you can think about this. What I want you to do is marry, you know, the one thing I've been talking about recently is marrying your Oh wait, time. don't tell me to marry someone else now. <laughs> Don't do it, man. Uh, My wife listens to this show. What are you doing? Wait, she does? That's shocking. Well, I mean. That's great. I think. She's fond of us. All right. We'll have to get some some feedback. We can improve the show. Get a a new host. Hopefully she doesn't say that. Yeah. And she doesn't specify which one. Right, right. Exactly. One of you is a problem here. One of you is a problem. Um, so marrying your, the time horizon of when you want to spend your money to how you have that money saved or invested or where it is. Okay. So for instance, I just said working capital, working money, the, you know, the money that you're spending each month. Well, that's obviously just living in your checking or savings account. Direct deposit comes in, paying off the credit cards, other bills, your Netflix and stuff out of there. So (laughs) that's just, you know, high percentage of my outlays. (laughs) Exactly. Netflix, Disney, Netflix, Hulu, Disney, Stream yeah. Jam, Jam Stream, <laughs> Stream this, <laughs> Toe Jam. I don't know. They're all they're all out there. Exactly. Well, you know, because we have the multiple kids. Yeah, each one needs their own streaming service. No, you can't possibly get rid of that one. I still watch that one. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So that's just your everyday, right? So that's just hitting the and whether you're earning interest on that or not doesn't really matter because money's coming in, money's going out. Now, if you're going to spend some money in the next year, hey, I know I need to buy a new car or something like that, then you also just want to have that money really safe. You don't want it to go down in value, so you don't want to lose any of that money if you've built up ten, twenty thousand dollars that you're going to use next year. So put that into a CD certificate of deposit. You can put it in a brokerage account, money market, something like that, where you can get that four or five percent interest. You know, don't just leave it in the checking account where you're getting nothing. Get four or five percent interest in a certificate of deposit CD or a money market account, and you're going to spend that next year. So that's a perfect place for to be parking that money. What's interesting is that it's not; it's very situationally dependent, based yes. on what you just said. Because you can't just say it's like a pamphlet you get at the doctor's office. It's like so you're thinking that you might have too much money in your checking account. Um, find out if Morton is right for you. So you. <laughs> <laughs> the answer uh, is he is. Yeah, there you go. But, I, but it's not the kind of thing where you can just say, I have X number of dollars, therefore that's right or that's wrong. That's right. It, it's a, so, for example, if you, you said if I have a major purchase coming up. So, like, mm-hmm. if, if I'm going to buy a house, yep. like, it could be okay to have a lot of money essentially sitting in cash yes. in the bank. Yes. In fact, you've led me straight into my story number one, Matt. I've got I a friend. walked right into that I walked one. walked right into that. i got a friend, call him Jerry, and I've been working with him for a while, and he's got over 300000 in cash. Not literally cash. He's not like sitting on a suitcase of money, but he's got 300000 sitting in money market funds on CDs, just super, super short-term stuff. Not going to go down in value, earning that 4 or 5% interest. And the reason we're keeping it there 
is because he's interested in changing homes, moving from one home to another home. Family's getting a little bit bigger, need a little more space. They live in currently like an $800,000 home. They want to move to like a $1.2 million home, get another bedroom. And so we need that down payment because they probably want to purchase a house and then sell theirs. Don't want to make it contingent and all that stuff. So we want to have that cash ready at any time that they find a home. And so there's a perfect use case, even though it's hundreds of thousands, all right, you might want to just leave it in cash. Now, again, not literal cash. Get your 4 to 5% interest on that stuff. Yeah. Reminds um, me of that McBain moment on The Simpsons. It's like, how do you sleep at night? On a pile of money with many beautiful ladies, <laughs> which is how I sleep at night. <laughs> Another right. one of my problems that I go to find it, oh my gosh, my wife listens to the show. Never oh, mind. Stop. I take it all back. Yeah, not, not true. Um, okay, so... So that could be a situation, but uh, but the but the inverse isn't necessarily true as well. It's not like if you if you're sitting there and you've got a lot of money, that's always going to be okay either. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I'll get to another story in a minute, but let me walk through. If you're not in that situation, hey, I've got some excess money, but I'm I'm not planning on spending. I thought through. Right. First of all, think through next 12, 24 months, one to two years. Hey, anything coming up? You know something? And if you're like, not really. Then we move on to step two. If you're gonna spend the money, again, when are you gonna spend those dollars? So I got a thousand dollars, when are you gonna spend it? If it's not in the next year or two, then if it's in the next three or four years, five years, maybe you got college expenses coming up in three or four years. We wanna, again, we don't want that money to go away, be very risky. All right, we don't want to invest it in Matt's new startup business where it's going to go under you in do. a couple of months. <laughs> you do. No, 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 no. Pitch, pitch coming at the it's end of the show. Under. It's not going under. <laughs> I'm not, I don't have it. But, you know, like, why do I want investors anyway? I will come back Just to you. investors in me. <laughs> invest in me. <laughs> Right. So we don't want to risk it too much. So that's where bonds come in. Those IOUs, you're lending money. You can lend it to the government. It's pretty safe. And you can get, again, four, five, six percent interest maybe. And you can do in a variety of bonds. And that, and those bonds might not only interest, they could go up in value. Bond funds can go up and down in value, but they're not as volatile. They don't go up and down as much as stocks might go. So again, we want to avoid stocks maybe because if we want to spend $10,000 three years from now, I don't want to lose 20 or 30% of it. And that would be very normal for stocks. Stocks do that all the right. time. They go down 20, 30% in a couple of years. And you don't want that to happen. So put them in safe bonds. So again, the time horizon for when you're going to spend two to six years from now, put that into, you know, you can consider putting that into like a bond fund. What if you... Are you ready to create your ideal lifestyle? Let's discover what's most important to you and design a plan to have more of that in your life. Go to meetmikemorton.com. All one word, meetmikemorton.com. What, what if you're in between, right? Like, it's not that I'm going to spend a bundle of cash in the next couple months. It's not that I'm going to spend a bundle of cash in three or four years. If I'm in between, it's six to 12 months. Is that the case for a CD or maybe even I-bonds through the Treasury Department? Yeah, I wouldn't do I-bonds because they have redemption problems in the short term. Oh, I so see. So you want to stay away from those if you're going to be using it in the short term. But yeah, six, anything like one to two years just cash, CDs, money markets, keep it in that it. really got safe it. stuff. Two to five years, that's when you might say, hey, I want to get a little bit more kicker, hopefully. And the bond market tends to do fine year over year. It doesn't, except for last year, doesn't tend to lose a lot of money. So that's a pretty good place. And then finally, you go beyond that. You're like, geez, I'm not going to spend this money for at least 
10 years or more, that's when you can go ahead and put those dollars into the stock market. And the reason why, Matt, is the stock market is the place to put the long-term money. All right. So Jeremy Siegel run, has written a book, Stocks for the Long Run, which I love. It's a thick book. But here's the upshot. It's Stocks for the Long Run. Okay. You put a dollar. He, he did all the charts between, hey, should I invest in bonds or stocks or just dollars, just cash, right? So for the last 200 years, 200 years, he tracked, went back and, and built the data. You know, if I just had a dollar, if I put a dollar in 200 years ago, I'd actually end up with four cents today. That's wow. inflation. Okay, that's called inflation. Like you got negative real returns. These are called real returns. Your buying power. Okay, so you put a dollar, and how much is how much can you buy these days? It would be worth four cents. All right, so that's what inflation does over the time. And then bonds, they do pretty well. So you invest a dollar. This is two hundred years ago. Grows to two thousand dollars. Okay, that's pretty good. One dollar grows to two thousand dollars over a couple hundred years. But here's the kicker: stocks. That one dollar grows to over two million. Right. Okay. So that's a two orders of magnitude more. So stocks are the place to be when you're talking 10, 20 years of investing time frame. When you're going to spend the dollars in the farther future, go ahead and get that into the stock market. So uh, there's a little bit of fool's gold in the higher interest rates that you could be getting. Like, hey, I'm in a savings. I'm, I'm earning 5%. It, it, it still, it depends. It, it depends. Even at that level, you might not want to leave your cash there. Yeah. Well, that's it. You don't want, you definitely don't want to. If you have cash, again, I'm going to spend this in 10 or 20 years, you know, this, this $10,000, even though you can get 5%, you're like, oh, it's really good. Inflation's still eating that away. All right. The stock market's a better place to be. Let me tell you a little bit about why, so that you understand why would I get, why would I invest in a company when I could just get like a guaranteed 5%? First of all, the 5% is going to be going up and down. I already told you inflation's eating away your buying power. Why would you invest it in a company, right? Companies make products and services that we want to buy as consumers, right? And as there, you just said the wages are going up, right? That means the company's costs are going up. Guess what that means? That means they're, the price of their products and services are going up. Like how Disney, didn't they just raise their, you know, a buck or two a month for all, you know, each of those streaming services is going up like by a buck or two a month, right? They actually showed up with a bulldozer and took a portion of my house. So sure. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Those products and services increase and we keep paying for, as long as it's products and services that we like, right? Good companies we want to keep buying from. And so they keep charging more. And that's why if you're investing them, that's a great inflation hedge is what we call it. It's a great way to keep up with inflation because companies have to keep charging more so they can keep making profits. That's the point. Um, and so it's a great place to have your dollars invested to keep ahead of inflation. So bonds are more like the pier at the edge of the sea. They're anchored in place and a rising water level could top them over. <laughs> Stocks are more like a ship. They're going to they're gonna rise with that inflation tide. And I am like a submarine because I cannot freaking stay above the water. Have you, I, I am serious. I am like the worst. My son is a champion swimmer. I cannot stay above water. What the hell? But anyway, is that is that analogy more or less right? I recommend not jumping into deep water, Matt, then. <laughs> I try to avoid it at all times. I'm like one of the few people on earth that can't stay in the freaking ocean. Well, that's because we live in New England. No one can go in the ocean up here. Who goes I in the ocean up here? I was born here. Freezing. I was born on a small <laughs> island off the coast of North America. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. I mean, it was Manhattan Island, but yeah, still, I mean, yeah, I mean it's, it's small, fundamentally it's true. Small. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A few people so, but, there. <laughs> but stocks, yeah. 
well, mostly um, <laughs> kind of people. Kind of people. So you know, so but but stocks do float that way because the companies that underlie you know, the stocks are price sensitive. I understand the analogy you're going for. I don't think it makes any sense, but I appreciate you throwing it. Why out not? There. Why not? <laughs> I don't know. I, just, I don't know. It's not resonating with me, Matt. The boats going up and down. You no know, rising tide raises all boats. I mean, I guess. Okay, I, I agree with you. Well, <laughs> this is it. all boats but mine. <laughs> Except yours. You're sinking. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, that's, but that's we've talked on this show before about the fact that bonds are, are sensitive in this way to inflation. So you, you, you do have to be careful about these kinds of uh, fixed investments that can be degraded. Yeah, well, bonds, bonds rise. I said that bonds not only gives you interest payments, right, which might be that, again, 4 or 5% today. But then also they can go up and down in value. And if and when the Fed starts decreasing rates, when we get inflation more under control and wage pressures now rising, then interest rates come down and that will actually boost your bond profit. So it's a good idea to hold some bonds at the moment for that reason as well. Not only if you're going to be spending the money in in a little while, but bonds are a pretty good spot to have some money as well at the moment because of that diversity in your portfolio well we're going to talk a little bit about that in another episode i think that again this idea of keeping your money the time horizon of your money really does match up to where you want to be investing that money because as you have longer time horizons 10 20 30 years you think stocks are risky that's what always what you've heard stocks are risky be careful you could lose your money and i just told you in one or two or three years of course downturn of 20 30 40 percent very typical. Okay. It's not going to phase me. I'm not going to be like, oh my gosh, that was out of nowhere. No, that's like, that's a normal thing. But when you get to 10 or 20 years, the averages really start averaging out, right? And so those, that volatility is no longer there. Stocks do very well over 10, 20, 30 year time periods. You're much more likely to come out way ahead by owning stocks versus any other asset class, bonds, cash, or anything else. What about commodities, real estate? We've talked before about some more exotic investments. I, yeah. I mean that like unusual. I don't mean that in any <laughs> weird way. <laughs> yeah, those are good too. I like real estate for a variety of reasons. That asset class, as we call it, has good returns over a long period of time. So it's another one I like. Commodities is a really tricky one. I tend to stay away from them. The research is not as well done in terms of long-term good returns. They're way more finicky and they don't necessarily return as well. Now, there's lots of people out there that invest and know what they're doing around commodities. I just, when I look at the historical analysis, which is what I pay attention to, the academic research, 10, 20, 50, 100 years, you know, of looking at past returns for these different asset classes, real estate would be in there for me, but the commodities really would not be. Mm. All right. So I, I think just to bring this full circle for people, their starting point really should be it's back to that matching time frames thing so what the, the, in order because it's so situationally dependent this the way to go about this is to start to think about well what are my needs over the next 6 months year 2 years 5 years and start to match them up with where my assets are and if there's a mismatch, that's where you start to move things around. Although you probably shouldn't just do it willy-nilly. Probably good to get a little bit of guidance with that. It's not. I think just moving things, things around on the board willy-nilly and then check in another few months and do it again. Well, never mistake activity <laughs> for achievement. 
That's right. Yeah, so John Wood progress. Does, and it's like you can you can run around all you want. You, so you don't want to rearrange the deck chairs. But I mean, but right. what I'm saying is you don't want to just say, huh, my total expenses that I anticipate over the next year is X, you know, and I've got more than X fundamentally in cash in the bank. So now I'm going to start to put it places. You, you should yeah. still be thoughtful about where you put it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I highly recommend being thoughtful about your actions. And in this case, to bring it full circle, you've got extra cash. It's great. You've built up and said, wow, I didn't, I've already saved in my 401k and other places, which is other episodes where to save, but you've got this extra cash. So that's exactly what to do. First, emergency savings. Hey, make sure you yep, got some access to cash that you might need in case of an emergency. And then from there, probably it's going to be long-term money. That's usually what it ends up, but you might have some short-term needs, house down payment. I need a new car next year, kids going off to college, you know, just think through those situations. And if you're not coming up with anything, then get a little more aggressive with investing. All right, Mike, anything else on this big problem of inflation being a drag? <laughs> no, the show's starting to be a drag. Can we end this one? <laughs> All right, we're out of here for Mike Morton. I'm Matt Robeson. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Thanks for joining us on Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to and rate the podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with me at LinkedIn or MortonFinancialAdvice.com. I'd love to get your feedback. If you have a comment or question, please email me at financialplanningpod at gmail.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. This recording is for informational purposes only and should not be considered for investment advice. Opinions expressed as are of the date of recording. Such opinions are subject to change. We do not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the data presented here.